speaking of, my brother's playing Diddy's Conquest right now, and he just keeps mm. fucking texting me about it. It's good. Video He's like, game. oh, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, roller coaster level, or oh, I'm on this. Fucking great game. Yep. Nice. Second best right. DKC. After Tropical Freeze. Oh, Ooh. you have that up top too. I would. Yeah, I would say it, those are the top two. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. It's hard to argue. I'd, I'd have to play Returns again, though, because I do think that one is right up oh, there, Oh, it's too. great. Yeah, tra- yeah, Returns is awesome. Like, it, like, like Tropical Freeze just kind of put it out of my mind, but, like, I I loved Returns, too. Yep. One of my friends was literally just texting me about, I think, either two or three, and he was complaining. is like, every secret and every level is just, oh, throw a barrel over an enemy because they're guarding the secret wall. <laughs> <laughs> Probably three, because that game's not actually that good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Howdy, howdy. John Hines. Hello there. And DJ Mandolini. Yo. And we're back, as always, to talk about some video games, guys. And uh, do you ever sometimes wish you could go back and just change what you already had said in the past? (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever get that feeling, but uh, yeah, we already tried recording an episode tonight and had a little bit of a a technical issue. So this is uh, take two here. And uh, yeah, we kind of fumbled our way through the first one. We've had a few drinks, so we might fumble our way through the second one here, but uh, we'll see how this goes tonight. But yeah, we're going to take another stab at this and fingers crossed there's three of us that are using Macs or are you still using your Mac Randall or no? oh yeah yeah we're, we're 2010 three baby of us that are using Macs that are uh probably past their prime <laughs> mm-hmm. to say the least so I don't know Big um, Sur is running on this and that's the one that I think caused the problems on my end <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't update my operating system anymore it won't let same me. <laughs> same here same here <laughs> perfect oh, that's hilarious perfect so anyways Hacking our way through take two, uh, but yeah, Randall. Uh, I know you've been uh, playing probably the newest game of all of us this week. So what have you been uh, dipping into? Kind of, sort of newest. So I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna talk about. So preface before I even say what I'm gonna talk about. So before I've called this uh, Alest, I've talked about Alest before on the podcast. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. It <laughs> might be Alesta. It might be Aleste. But I'm gonna keep saying Alest because that's what's stuck in the back of my brain. So it's going to be a less collection. So this came out in December of 2020. It's on Switch and PS4, and it's a compilation, uh, basically, of the 8-bit Aleste games um, that compile one of my favorite shmup developers compile uh, the designers of Musha and Robo Aleste and Spriggan and Space Megaforce on Super Nintendo. Some just classic, like old school, yes. traditional shmups. I'm glad you mentioned the Super Nintendo because I know they're more known for like the Sega stuff. They are at least at least in my mind. Yeah, in mine too because Musha and Robo Less, you know those. Yeah, those Genesis are those are the two that come to mind for me. Yeah, yeah, and I love all those games like so much. They're not bullet hell shmups. They're just classic shmups. But that's I don't know. I kind of prefer that style, uh, especially as I get a little bit older here. That's that's yep. that's nice. Let's take it a little easy. Like <laughs> let me let me breathe fun. while I play this game. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So these this collection is primarily those 8-bit games, though, um, that came out between 88 and 93. Um, two of them on Master System, and then three of them on Game Gear. Uh, the Master System games are uh, Aleste uh, slash Power Strike, depending on the region, and then Power Strike 2. And those games are good. They're very competent games, but the games that I'm way more into on this collection are the Game Gear games. Uh, in fact, I, I do own... Uh, Power Strike 2 on Game Gear already. I've owned it for a few years back when I collected a lot of Game Gear games um, because, hey, you can get Game Gear games for like five bucks or less. And like it was another system that I could still collect on that wasn't like obscenely expensive to do so. So that's fun to do for me. Um, For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and you, and you and I had like exhausted like I, I can't yeah. even think of any more Super Nintendo games I need to add to my <laughs> know, collection. Well, you know, like we've got all the main system stuff. So and at this point, if you want any other ones, it's like eighty bucks or more to get. Them. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> dipping into your savings. Like the the whole retro collecting scene got a little bit hot and still yeah. is. 
Um, so that made Game Gear appealing, and I really enjoy Game Gear. I, I like these simplified games that just like know what they are and like maximized, uh, you know, that eight-bit hardware, you know, as much as possible. And what's cool about Game Gear in particular is it's taking what's basically Master System slash NES hardware, like real true eight-bit hardware, but adding more of kind of a sixteen-bit color palette. Um, you, you get a lot more colors than you would if, you know, this was just on Master System. So, yeah, there's a little more depth. I remember, like, yeah. I had the Lion King game on Game Gear, and, yeah. it, and it reminded me a lot of the Super Nintendo totally. Lion King game. It was very reminiscent. And there's a lot of that on Game Gear specifically, where you're getting a lot of kind of D makes of the 16 bit games on 8 bit hardware, but it, it just felt like a little bit more like streamlined, faster, more colorful vibrant 8-bit hardware yeah it was doing way more than the game boy was doing that's for oh, that's for sure yeah totally although yeah you have to burn through those those batteries <laughs> game gear. um but yeah uh the main games that interest me on this were those game gear games so gg aleste which is like an awesome game that i never got a chance to play until this aleste collection because it's like a four to five hundred dollar game japanese Yeesh. only it's like insanely expensive i always like had my eye in it because i wanted to play it but i never thought it was a possibility and i'm i'm just not someone that emulates that often yeah and it's it's a really good game like as it is I, i'm really impressed with it um i already owned ggls2 or power strike 2 the version that i own is from europe on game gear i had bought it a few years back when it was still relatively affordable now it's like a two to three hundred dollar game on its own, so like, Jesus. like and like I said, these Game Gear games are supposed to be like five bucks and less, but not these, not these Alest games. Um, but they're really good. They play like just like sixteen bit games, so I I love them. And yeah, on this collection, they play just as well as at least that cartridge does. You know, in my Game Gear, um, which is awesome. Um, but what this collection does, because M two, the publisher and the porter of this. Uh, collection did they always go above and beyond i love m2 so you know in this collection they take advantage of the the side real estate that you have so all these games are full you know the full screen four three aspect ratio but that leaves the sides on a widescreen tv as unused space and they fill it with uh useful information based on the game that you're playing um they can show you things like all the different power-ups that you could pick up which are only designated as like a given letter in a game which doesn't really give you a lot of information unless you have memorized you know what that letter pickup means right Um, right but on the side it'll show you okay you know and you know an s is whatever a spread or like whatever the the different letters are there's a bunch of different power-ups in all these games so until you've played them a handful of times, you don't really know. So that's very helpful to see that. And it'll also show you, you know, your score. It'll show you your invincibility timer, um, information that's not like as prevalent if you were just playing on the game gear alone, but you know, is nice to have on the sides of the screen now. Um, and for what it's worth, like not cluttering up the games. Totally. You know, that stuff's off the gameplay screen, which so. I also love. Like, yeah, because yeah. on Game Gear, I'm sure that that clutters up the actual screen a little bit. And it, what they do is they just don't show you that stuff. You just have like uh, a pure like score counter, essentially. <laughs> like that's the nice. only thing you're getting. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe the number of lives. Like it's not much information yeah. um, you're getting yeah. on that Game Gear screen. They make the most of it. Um, nice. But you're also getting other options that M2's added, like uh, the ability to reduce sprite flicker, uh, pixel perfect modes. Uh, You can map your own controls. You can do save states if you want to, which I've used. And, you know, I'm not the biggest user of save states, but in like a shmup, it's nice to be able to like, I'm on a killer run. It's level three. Let me do a quick save state of that. I can go back when I want to and load that up again. That's always nice. Yeah. Let me get back. Well, let me let me wait until I'm back in the zone. Exactly. And the, the zone is very important. And it, I yeah. will say this is a Japanese-only collection for now. There's rumors that they might be doing an English translation and, and might bring it overseas, but nothing's been confirmed. So there's some menu text that's in Japanese, but it's super manageable to, to kind of move your way around this collection. And that wasn't a hindrance. And all the default options are, are perfect 
for jumping into these games. Um, but the other thing I wanted to highlight is uh, GGLS 3, which is a brand new game that M2 developed for this collection. And it runs, they developed it to run on Game Gear hardware, which is like above and beyond. Like they could have just made it like themed like the LS games, but they yeah, went ahead yeah. and developed it for Game Gear. You're talking on like all fronts, like audio, everything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's, it's, and they like push this thing to its limits. It's, it feels like the other ones do too, feel more like a 16 bit than an 8 bit thing, but like this even more so. Like it's very impressive. Um, I think GGLS3 is reason enough to buy the collection, let alone the other Game Gear games that are great on their own. It feels great. It looks great. The color vibrancy is awesome. Fast action, energetic soundtracks, like it's really good. Um, so I, I recommend it just for GGLS three. Um, and then yeah, I I went and spent too much money, and I got the <laughs> micro Game Gear as well, <laughs> which is uh, it's very small. It fits in the palm of your hand. It's not very big, uh, but it's it's kind of a cool novelty thing to have that I just couldn't resist because I'm such a big compile shooter fan that I had to get this for the Alest collection. Um, yeah. And it is still, it is, I just played it again before we recorded and is, it is technically playable. It's probably not, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the way you want to play it. Much. It's got a, a physical magnifying glass. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's got, a, it's got a necessary magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> on it. Um, and you know, I appreciate that. Uh, but I like these weird novelty one-offs and I couldn't resist. So like, of course I had to get it for this and I'm glad I own it, but yeah, played on switch or PS4. Cause both of those are region free to import from Japan. So, you know, it's all a fun novelty if you can get the game gear micro, but it's not a necessity. If you can get one of those other versions to just play GGLS three, cause it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. And like you were saying, uh, when we recorded the first time around, like hopefully this version will sell well enough so that they release like a second yeah. version for all the 16 bit shmups. Because, again, talking about like Musha and uh, was, was it Robo Alest, right? Yeah, Musha, Robo Alest, Space Megaforce, the Spriggan. Like there's tons of awesome 16 yeah. bit compile shooters. And yeah, I, I hope that this sold well enough and is doing well enough that it'll warrant creating another collection because those are the games that they're really known for and they're excellent. Right. If they want to go ahead and make a 16-bit new game, I would be very pleased. I was just going to say, yeah, and if M2 takes another stab at the compile shmups in 16-bit form, I'm all for that. They so. crushed it, and I know they brought in some compile developers from the way back when to help make it, and it just feels like they made another one of those, like time never passed, except, you know, it's even better, uh, pushes the hardware more. So, yes, please do that nice i'd love it nice more of that modern retro i love, love it. it it's my yeah. favorite well uh i guess real quick before we uh actually recorded tonight I, I just was playing a bunch of small like indie games like i'm prone to do um <laughs> but uh, i ended up playing uh this game that i just the alpha demo just got released yesterday as of the time of recording this episode at least it's called big boy boxing mm -hmm. and it's very much a like spiritual successor to kind of like the Super Punch Out, and I'm only calling out Super Punch Out because it's more of like a 16-bit style yeah. or even like 32-bit style pixel art, but it really caught my eye because it's like, it's got that kind of first person or like over-the-shoulder perspe uh, perspective, yeah. but you really kind of only see like your gloves floating in the air. They're like really kind of highlighted. You do see like a little phantom, like really... Like, I, I didn't notice it until I was playing the game in action. Like, in the clips I saw, I didn't couldn't even really see the outline of the character. I really right. thought it was, like, just the gloves floating. I was like, I wonder I how this game plays. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it but yeah, you kind of see like a faint outline of the, of the character, but essentially this alpha demo and it is like it says in the demo, it's like very, very early alpha <laughs> demo or whatever. And it truly is just the tutorial, of the game. And you, you know, you fight a punching bag. You got your coach Hank teaching you the ropes. Um, and this is from a uh, soup masters is the name of the developer, by the way. Um, but this is a game that is like immediately after playing the demo, you know, I played it and it like gives you a little thank you screen after it's like boot the demo again or, or start the fight again. And again, you, you learn the ropes, you fight a punching bag for a second and then it turns into the hobo dude and you just fight this like bum. It looks more like a caveman more than a hobo, I would say. Uh, but maybe a little less hairy than your average caveman. But basically you just, you know, it's a super punch out style fight. Yeah. Same style mechanics. You can dodge to the left, to the right. You can duck back. 
Um, and then you can do like a body blow left or right uh, jabs or essentially or you can do like a you know a jab to the face uh, by holding forward while you punch. And then you also have the only other, you know, there's like kind of I don't, I don't remember. I'm not super into the punch out series. I feel like that's more from from my recollection. It's more about dodging and like timing, which this is as well. But you are able to like counter attacks in a way like yeah. if the character flashes at a certain time you can punch them i don't know if you could do that in the punch out series in, but in then you'll super punch out you definitely got a, you could be a, you could get a little bit more aggressive i would say compared to the first punch out okay that way nice and, and again i'm sure these uh bosses or these people that you're fighting are going to get much tougher than the hobo dude here yeah but like you're, you're basically just kicking the shit out of this guy although i did lose <laughs> most of my battles <laughs> against him the first battle but but you can kind of like take a bunch of cheap shots at his face and stuff but like but as far as like getting that timing down I, I really had a tough time <laughs> i really had a tough time getting like that counter timing down but when you are able to get that down you get like this thunderbolt uh that if you take a, a heavy blow while you have those collected you can actually lose them mm-hmm. uh, which is cool so you have a little bit of risk reward but if you're able to execute those you you can just get like a heavy shot in oh, yeah. on their health bar and it's you know it's kind of plays like a fighting game and i from what i read in the uh itchio page description it sounds like they're kind of going for like obviously the punch out inspiration but also going for like a little bit of a cuphead vibe with like super expressive and animated characters and Love again it. not that punch out doesn't have that right. as well but it looks like they're going for like multi-phase bosses and stuff like that uh so yeah i just really recommend checking out the demo um i recorded a video of the demo as well just playing through it real quick but i just you know played for like 10 or 15 minutes and had a great time with that one and can't wait to see what else they do with uh with that concept nice um but i did want to talk about a couple other indie developers real quick that i've mentioned on the podcast before but i got sucked into a couple games uh, or a couple developers like just fall again just poking around on itch.io but pixel boy who i've mentioned in the past i've uh, i believe i talked about tempo quest and guardian sphere mm-hmm. on the podcast which uh one of those is like a dungeon crawler one of them's a shmup um very innovative like they have about a dozen games and we'll definitely link to their itch.io page on our uh in the episode description here but the game that i stumbled across is called the station and it's actually a demo as well but it's more of like a prototype because it sounds like i saw some posts from about six months ago that they were intending on working on this further but they're just caught up on working on some other projects at the moment but it's basically like a top-down you know zelda style dungeon crawler uh, and the demo took me like 25 minutes to play through or so. But nice. uh, it's got some like Pokemon vibes as far as like the gameplay goes. But it also art style wise and music wise and everything wise, it has some Caro Blaster vibes. Oh, yeah. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I fucking love Caro Blaster. <laughs> yes, I can't sir. get enough. I've beaten every mode of that game. And I probably will here, play yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. It's, I can't get enough. And this is very much like it's got the same style or I shouldn't say the same, but it's it's got its own like unique style. But it's very much like that bright and colorful, chunky pixels. Again, it's top down. So totally different style gameplay, but really poppy, peppy music. Like I'm just loving the vibe, everything. And I don't know if it's like a police station. You kind of look like you're like a cop or a detective or something, but you're essentially just looking your way through this demo. And essentially you eventually find this capture wand, which you can not only use to capture like these Pokemon style creatures. And at one point you get to pick between like one of three at the beginning. And like, I picked this little carrot creature and it's like, Oh, odd choice. (laughs) But anyways, I, I eventually found this like purple beast and you, you can level them up to like each character. That's kind of how you attack over time. Okay. And like you can level them up and it seems like you can only level them up two or three levels and then they're maxed out. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just like a super innovative and you, the, with this capture wand, you actually have to hold down a button. You have a small radius that you can kind of, your character will stay stationary and then you kind of move a cursor around and then that's how you either touch an enemy to, or touch a creature to capture it and, make that like your new attack Mm -hmm. and that's how you kind of essentially get new weapons or you can like use it to like you know press a switch that's like across a waterway that you can't walk across or something like that okay but essentially it's just got some some light puzzle solving and and again it sounds like this is just like a proof of concept but like the polish it's got full gamepad support uh it's just unbelievable i i really cannot wait to see what else they do with this game because pixel boy I, I just love their aesthetic, love everything they're doing. And then briefly, I ended up checking out another game of theirs called Fairy Song, and I only played about halfway through this. And this is a more complete game, kind of Daniel Linson vibes. Okay. But it's just like you're flying around. You're like a little Kirby-esque character. 
but you're a little fairy, I guess. Is Kirby a fairy? Ooh. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking of Clefairy. Clefairy is Pokemon a fairy. Style. I'm, yeah. I'm like mixing Pokemon and Kirby. Yeah. Kirby but, is an uh, eldritch yeah. horror. <laughs> <laughs> but Kirby yeah, it's like Kirby. this is a Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's a totally non-violent game. It actually is two players. I forgot to mention that when we recorded the first time around, but it's two player mm. multiplayer. I think it's like split screen, but it's like this black and white outline aesthetic. Um, it does have a few different palettes. Like when you go underwater, it like changes to like this blue hmm. aesthetic. But it's like this massive world with just some light puzzle solving. You know, you're picking up little things to trigger switches or open levers or stuff like that, open doorways. And and pretty much to the best of my knowledge, I like I said, I got about halfway through. I don't really know what I'm doing because there is no dialogue, no anything. But when you fly past like these little characters that are all in these different zones and they're all like very unique, like one off characters. But like when you fly past them, a little fairy kind of floats above them. And I was at 49 percent when I quit. So I'm okay. assuming that maybe I flew past 49 of those characters and I have to find all hundred of them and and verify them all. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know for sure. But I just I love the aesthetic love the music like it's really minimal in every way like but it's it's just like when you get into a new area it's like oh and now i'm in kind of like a beach zone and there's like this little like calypso music kind of coming in and like now i'm over in like a forest and there's more of like this kind of like castle area and then there's like a kind of like majestic theme coming in it's just it's just a really cool world to explore and i can only imagine it'd be more fun to play co-op so um also i didn't call it out the first time we recorded but verify is one of the best words you could have come up with for that <laughs> i caught that i too. mean what else what else is it doing that you know what are you what are you doing that's that just made game. me smile so so much <laughs> i'm pretty sure i because I, I recorded a video for this game too and i'm pretty sure i said that a few times i was like am i just supposed to verify these people um, <laughs> they've been verified <laughs> and yes. they're not people at all they're just like these weird creatures like i don't know but a really cool game and really like i love these kind of just like exploit like these mysterious games um and then again i just wanted to highlight another indie developer that i've mentioned on the podcast before uh rxi and one of the reasons i was i said before we started recording that i was glad that we had to re-record this episode because this developer rxi their games do not have controller support unlike pixel boy hmm. but i use this program anti-micro i'm pretty sure i've mentioned it on the podcast before but i just want to make sure i call it out all the time because it is the best software for remapping uh, like a keyboard to a controller. Yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like I've, I've remapped some like twin stick shooters that are meant to be played totally with mouse and keyboard. Like I've made them work on a controller Jeez. and work well. Wow. Um, I can't say I've been able to do it for every game, but just if you're, if you struggle playing with mouse and keyboard, like I do anti-micro can't recommend it enough, awesome. but uh RXI, yeah, I've mentioned a Shuriken and Scanline from them on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about a couple of games that I played. Uh, one of the games I played was called Stray, and it's like this top-down dungeon crawler. It's black and white, kind of like CRT style, like warped. You know, it's got that like bubble kind of warped effect mm-hmm. like a CRT would have. And then like same thing with the music. It's just this like droney kind of and it's just this really mysterious vibe and you're basically just exploring around very minimal dialogue and you can just interact with things and it's some light puzzle solving you got to find some keys open pathways and just kind of explore around and you you would think normally you get like a little melee weapon but you actually get like a little like laser blaster once you find your weapon Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a you know, it shoots forward kind of like Link does when you have full health in the original Zelda game. Right. Um, you know, when you have the the hero sword or the or the Hyrule sword. What is it? Master, what, what is sword. Master sword. Jesus Christ. Oh the Hyrule sword. Some Nintendo fanboy <laughs> on the Hyrule sword. Um, but yeah, when you have full health and everything, you can in this game, you only can take one hit. So uh, I guess you're always at full health. But uh, thankfully, there's plenty of checkpoints around, although later in the game, um, they're fewer and further between, but I ended up playing through this game twice. Still haven't found all the secrets. It tells you at the end, like when you finish, it says I found for the first time, I only found one secret. I found three of six secrets a second time. Okay. Um, and I really, uh, I don't know where the hell the other three are, but uh, I do intend on honestly <laughs> going back. I, I really had a great time playing this game. And then a game that I had an even greater time playing. And again, this was more of a precision platformer. So there's no way in hell I could have played this without a controller. So again, thank you anti-micro but i played this game called gift and it's like a side-scrolling platformer but more of like an open world 
like you're puzzling around and you got to solve puzzles again, kind of the same as a stray. You got to find keys and whatnot and open your way. But the difference in this is like the only way you're able to kill enemies is by picking up rocks and throwing them at enemies. But you're actually you have to kind of pick them up and carry them throughout the level because you'll sometimes find a path where like, oh, shit, there's three enemies over here that I have to hit two times each. And there's no projectiles. There's no way for me to take them out. And there's a key I need to get past. Or one of the, sometimes the enemies will be holding a key. So right. like, I have to kill that enemy. Now, it's, it is nice where once you kill that enemy one time, if you get back to that room, they'll have dropped the key already. Like you, hmm. ju- it kind of saves things. So if you or if you like throw a key into the water and it disappears, it'll kind of just respawn on a safe oh, area nice. near you. So really like quality of life, especially for something that I do believe was whipped up during a game jam. Um, but this game is honestly a contender for like my game of the year at the end of the year. Like I had, I played through it. It only took me about a half an hour, but like, I will definitely be going back to this game again and again. I want to get like a full playthrough without dying. Like I'm so committed to doing that. I don't care about speed running, although I'm sure there are people who have speed runs of this game, but like, I'm more into like, I want to try to beat this game without dying because it's just it just feels so satisfying to like run around and explore. And like, you also have this like Mega Man slide. So you got to do some puzzle solving where you're like picking up items and like throwing them over an area that you can't slide through with the item. Cause it won't fit. So you have to like throw it over a, a gap or whatever and like th- slide through and catch it. I guess you don't always have to catch it per se, but pick it up after the fact and mm-hmm. just such a cool little game. And then um, I'm not going to really go into this one, but there's another game they may uh, develop called Cyan and it's same deal, like just a single level precision platformer. Just if you're into that sort of thing, I just can't recommend the games from RXI enough, nice. including the ones that I've mentioned previously on the podcast. But I think I've been uh, gabbing about indie games for long enough here. Yeah, let's uh, uh, cut per it usual. <laughs> <laughs> Hand it so, yeah, over to me, playing, uh, DJ. <laughs> uh, well, as uh, I was talking about last time on the cast, been playing Sekiro and I beat it. Not yeah, only did I beat yeah. it, there are four different endings, and without looking it up beforehand, I did manage to get like the best, like most complex like ending there was, which is like oh, man. not how I typically end up with the uh, from software titles. So this <laughs> nice. was like it was it was very nice to like have that experience and like looking stuff out up afterwards. It was like. You know, even the small stuff I missed, I'm not like beating myself up over. It's like this was sweet. This game was sweet. Like I'm excited for like when I go back for a second time because I've played all the From Software games multiple times. Right. Um, I definitely want to reevaluate this in the future. But right now, I'd say it's sitting up in my top two of the from software titles along with dark souls three uh, i was just gonna say what's the other one that's up there yeah, yeah. but uh it might be number one we'll see we'll have, Damn. have to give an update that's, later that's impressive because i know you're huge on these games oh, yeah. i am oh just man that oh that huge like upgrade in mobility is just this is just very nice very refreshing um but yeah so ended that then like just i started some like smaller games just to like decompress a little bit so yeah uh, started worms rumble which was like a ps plus three game from like a month or so back and um i've only like very limited experience with the worms franchise i had only owned um battleground um so okay never too familiar so um with you know, Worms Rumble, you're, you know, going from uh, prior Worms games where it's just a uh, side-scroll turn-based kind right. of strategy, like squad game, to like you're just one worm, it's just real-time, and it's like either deathmatch mode or um, like a battle royale mode. Um, and these matches are like five minutes long. Um, it's definitely a pared-down like inventory uh, list. Like you're only working with like not even like 10 different guns and um, yeah considering you'd have like 25 in exactly. some of those later worms games yeah but yeah <laughs> but but yeah the older ones are like more like lemmings and this sounds like this is like nothing like that at all or yeah. maybe not lemmings but yeah i mean I, I i'm a scrub with the worms games i i 
I can't compete with these people that have the in-depth knowledge. So just <laughs> give, <laughs> they give, got those arcs the down basics. to a science. Ninja rope skills, baby. Give me that yeah. sheep. He'll he'll seek out the enemies. Like that's oh all yeah, I need. Um, super sheep. Yeah, man. It it it's it's been a fun time. Like I spent like maybe like four or five hours on it, just with the goal of like, okay, if I if I am gonna be able to move past this game, I have to beat uh, each mode at least once. Um, did that? I might go back regardless because again, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, PlayStation I, Plus I, game. Hey. I don't know how it's. Uh, perceived amongst the worms community though like i don't know if it's like well this is so different like this is blasphemy but like i don't know man i like it it's fun it's it still feels like like it has that same charm um as as a previous member of the worms community i'll say that like i think they had wrung out everything they could after (laughs) worms world party i would say and then it's like it was time to figure (laughs) out something else Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely, I mean, if I, I sounds like I canceled my PS plus uh, subscription a little I too know early, you did. but like, I would definitely <laughs> check this out, especially I would love to play like with you in particular, like online. Heck yeah. I'll, I'll uh, restart your subscription. Just, just <laughs> there, let you me you. there you go. Um, and so, yeah, after playing some worms rumble also moved over to man eater, um, which is a game I was only a little bit familiar with through like seeing a, a video that donkey made about it, which was just like kind of funny, kind of like making fun of how reviewers would be like, Oh, it's got like not the best lock on system. And then end up giving it like a pretty decent review overall. It's like, okay, like there's a little disconnect between what you're saying and your overall verdict. But um, yeah, it's like a, every, any reviewer is like a seven is like the mm-hmm. worst thing. Yeah. Ever. Oh, exactly. yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. Game reviews. So, I mean, I I went in with, like, low expectations, and, like, I think that worked out perfectly because, you know, what I wanted was something kind of mindless that I didn't need to be so hyper-engaged with, like a From Software title. Um, So, yeah, with this, you're just, like, you're feeding on, you're you're just a shark that's feeding on, like, under uh, underwater life and also humans and like you're just <laughs> overwater life yeah <laughs> you got uh <laughs> you got you got you got, you got a little overwater uh, life yes that was, that was so good <laughs> you got uh like a little bit of a gta sort of element where you know you've got these like uh hunting boats after you and the more like damage you cause uh like the bigger and stronger crews they send after you um so it's just it's just a bunch of mindless fun violence Um, not much to it yeah um but yeah how how are the controls because i know you're underwater so i know swimming can sometimes be like a it could be a pain in the ass in some video games you know uh, sometimes it can be a little uh frustrating because it's true like it it kind of acts like it has a lock-on system and it really doesn't like you're Ugh. you're not really it, it looks like you're locked onto someone but you're yeah you're you kind of do have to like deliberately go towards uh your target but like i mean okay. na- navigation generally is pretty decent and you can move pretty fast and you know it only gets better as you like uh evolve like i mean you start off as a baby being like cut out of your mom's belly uh, <laughs> and you just like a little c-section yeah <laughs> you just uh you know it's all about revenge against the person who the the hunter that did that to you um That's right and so yeah you start off as a little pup and then you just turn into a shark elder who's just wrecking just wrecking <laughs> everything um after so. you fed enough can you jump Dude. out of the water onto the oh boat? yeah oh yeah come on yeah yeah it's uh it's this really is another dope. ps plus game too right <laughs> yeah 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 god so. damn it <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so like it only took me like 10 ish hours and I hundred percent at the game. So just again, just a nice mindless fun RPG. Um, and yeah, then I got a, got a text from John about a game he was playing and I had to shift gears. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, yes, I, I don't know what we've saved from our conversations that we had on our previous episode because it happened while we were, quote unquote, off air, or at least when we were <laughs> done recording. Um, but I picked up the PS4 from DJ now that he's got his PS5. And while I was going through his catalog of games that he had preloaded on there, I decided to dip my toes into Dark Souls 2 as my next installment in the Souls franchise. Nice. And as someone who's had a love-hate relationship with Dark Souls 1, I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to react to it. And in our first recording, I did a very extensive play-by-play of the texts I sent to (laughs) DJ cataloging basically my frustration and just me texting him, I hate this, this sucks, why? (laughs) Okay, this sucks slightly less over and over again. Um... But that mostly and why had... was that, John? Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, what what led to that experience, at least the the clip in the short version of it is the fact that I wasn't entirely clear on where I needed to go in the game from multiple points at the beginning, very beginning of the game. Uh, I thought I couldn't find the path out of the very first area in the game before you even meet the NPC, which gives you the mechanic to level up. And I was forcing myself to go up against a semi-secret enemy that I thought was the correct path to go right from the beginning. <laughs> and that's when I was <laughs> introduced. Enemy. Yeah. And again, again, between Dark Souls and just like bit like, you know, like near Automata is like an example of a game that just starts off with like a massive boss battle that could be the final boss battle in another game, at least visually, you know, so you, right. you could think like, oh, this this is normal, especially for a Dark Souls game. Oh, yeah. And to just kick my ass right record. off the bat. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, this is just a trial by fire. I need to, like, mm. get every single pattern down. I need to get my blocks down, even if the block is taking out half of my health each time. <laughs> like, yeah, I need to get good. Right. It's just, it's my fault as a player. <laughs> and yeah, it didn't, it wasn't until, you know, I looked a little bit further in the first bonfire in the game and realized, oh, there's a path that literally leads to a tutorial area that, like, gives you prompts, like, use an attack that maybe I shouldn't be fighting this enemy that I'm still having difficulty now at the place <laughs> that I'm at. You're just a good explorer. So you you I, just I find the ex- secrets right away. <laughs> But I will say, I mean, the based on the way you talk about playing Metroid Prime, although I know you're like massively familiar with that game, but you're always like, I'm trying to game break and jump over these walls and skip yeah. these sections. So like, yeah. I know like you game poke prod now? at the edges. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the the thing that I did immediately after finally finding my my way to the like hub of the world and like there the difference between Dark Souls two and Dark Souls one primarily is that like. Dark Souls 1 is this interconnected world where each, like, individual level or whatever, like, kind of leads into another, and there's many different paths, and it's all, like, one giant open world, whereas Dark Souls 2 is kind of, there's this hub area in Majula, and you kind of go out in various different paths out through there, and there each path isn't necessarily connected to the next. And I went to the area that in my opinion, was the most obvious path to go and seemed like the, like, very clearly, oh, yeah, this is the path that I should go down. And after running my head up against that wall for 40 levels of progression, uh, (laughs) of just getting, like, going up against enemies that were giving me eight times the souls that the recommended beginning area would give it wasn't until i was running into a difficulty because there's a maximum health handicap where each time you die in dark souls you lose 10 percent of your max health unless you use a human effigy which restores your humanity which is also a limited item that you there are 
unless you're like farming enemies for like you can't get like an unlimited amount of those and restore your humanity. So I was going through an area that was a mid-level or mid-game area with 50% health right from the beginning with beginning equipment and no like I didn't have arrows which is a thing that I use predominantly in my playthroughs (laughs) or any source of any type of magic I didn't have that so I was just going poke with with your stick with my beginning we know about your dragon sniping (laughs) And anyway, it's, it's wild how like that was the first place you went to where like on my first playthrough, I missed that area completely. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> because like there's like the game without going there. Yeah, and, and DJ is like, somebody who pokes and prods too. So I was a dumb. There was like a chain on the wall that I, like I missed that like opens up where he was, and I just didn't see it and so it it just yes you you missed a chain whereas i missed a clear path (laughs) like that would go to the recommended first area to be fair that's how we're like kind of taught as people that play video games though you like just poke for secrets in yeah, every look area. for the interactive object or look for, I mean, even yep. in Mario games, like it's at this point, it's like slide against every wall just oh, to make yeah. sure there's not an invisible one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always like go go to the area that you think isn't the re, the, the main area first and then. Yeah, even the, the in thing. a game when I think I'm on the right path, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Yep. This feels too correct. So I better go check that other path oh first. My God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but anyway, after like. I went through and finally put myself on the right path, finally unlocked the mechanics that are the things that I love in the Dark Souls games. Like, I I really started to chip away at the game in a way that felt way more satisfying than when I played Dark Souls 1. And the thing that, like, happened when I was playing Dark Souls 1 is that I would just keep running into either roadblocks or bosses where I couldn't progress. And like, I just felt very frustrated playing them. And I haven't really run into that in dark souls two. And from discussions from other people like online, like I've, you know, that's a complaint that people have that's like, Oh, the bosses are a lot easier or just the layout of the game in particular is so drastically different from like the, what do they call the canon ones because apparently Miyazaki didn't design this one so and doesn't have a connecting story to one or three so like people like look at this game very differently or like critically in the uh comparing it to the other canon games in the series so you're saying this is the Majora's Mask of Dark Souls <laughs> and which is uh, again in complete alignment for why I love it why you like it yeah. <laughs> and honestly the fact that you're just saying the bosses are easier that's like enough for me to be like oh maybe this is the one I should play and, and yeah, yeah the consensus online is like the difficulty in like most Dark Souls games like the each individual enemy is kind of unique and difficult but with yeah like dark souls 2 like they're dumbed down but they just throw more at you so mm-hmm. it's it's difficulty and quantity not like each okay. individual enemy being like its own kind of challenge. yeah because i do remember i've only played a tiny bit and did you ever beat the original dark souls john no <laughs> <laughs> i got but you, and one. i know you put a lot of time in yeah yeah I think uh, what is there like four so, like main souls that you need to yeah. defeat? Yeah, I got through one of those. Seath. <laughs> yeah, Seath the Scales. Yes. Is oh, that the man. easiest? <laughs> um, no, it's well, it's hard to say. I mean, mm. uh, I, I think you're being kind. Your style. I think it's the easiest. <laughs> no, well. The, I know Tomb of the Giants is just a shit level to go through, and I know that that's, <laughs> that's giving you some difficulty, but like that, th- that is a notoriously difficult, like just, it's so yeah. dark. It's so dark, and which is a, a mechanic that I, again, like, I, I'm a huge fan of, like, small progression, and a thing that happens in Dark Souls 2 is they added the mechanic of torches which is something that like 
days throughout like your deaths and throughout your bonfires like usually when you go to a bonfire that would respawn all the enemies but like you said like they kind of throw just a ton of like way more enemies in each world and once you defeat the enemies like a set amount of times they stop respawning so that is kind of a way that they like you know throw roadblocks or like slow your progression through things and you're just slowly making your way through areas until you know if you're playing the game like i do you're just eventually wiping out enemies until they don't respawn anymore and you can make your way a little bit further are you intentionally doing that or incidentally (laughs) (laughs) both um i am i am definitely doing it uh, at the very beginning of each area where yeah, for sure. I'm just like, when I have no bearings on where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do, I'm just like, all right, like just make make a little bit further, maybe light the next torch so you have at least one waypoint that you can go. So the a torches bit. stay lit between yes. deaths as well. Okay, I didn't that's grasp nice. that at first. Okay, that's, that's cool. nice. Yeah, and I was saying like the how my favorite area in any dark souls game is no man's wharf which is when you first get there a completely dark area with a bunch of like bottomless pits into water and like enemies behind every corner and a little by little you just make your way into you find your way to the next shack and light that torch and then five dudes come out of that and just (laughs) destroy you but then you know that and you can anticipate that and you can move a little bit further each time until you finally make your way to the end and like it's just such a satisfying feeling and it's of of like the small progressions in dark souls 2 is just a little bit more rewarding than is they give you in dark souls 1 which is just like i don't know it's just enough for me to feel like there's always something I can do. There's always a new area I can go to. Yeah. And it's like I don't feel as walled off to new content that I was in one. Which is that's that's saying something, especially j- just considering that, like, you started off kind of feeling walled off, you know, like the first yes. thing you did was like getting <laughs> stuck. So I, I know that sometimes what happens and like after texting DJ, it's like, oh, OK, I'm just on the wrong path. But like that can sometimes be enough for me. To just never play a game again, you know. So that and that's I was cool about that you kept forging to. ahead. I was about yeah. to just skip straight to three, and I'm really glad <laughs> I didn't because honestly, I feel like because this game is kind of like the black sheep of them, and because it's you know slightly easier in certain ways, and you know has like other difficulties that it imposes, but. Honestly, like, I feel like this is the Dark Souls for me, and maybe that'll change once I play three, but I feel I like. Know. I mean, like, I, I, before you had played two, I figured like two would be the one that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Dark Souls three is more linear. Like, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's, it nailed everything gameplay wise as, like, best of the three. And, like, I think it still has. Like, I like the world of one and like the lore and like I it still very much captures that. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like I don't I don't feel that as much into again, it's like it's it's kind of its own disconnected thing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um I want you to like three, but I mean, if you lo- if you love two, can I really complain? I got you to love a dark. I got you to love yes, a dark. You did. <laughs> you, you you're doing, DJ. You, you know, the fact that you're saying three is more linear now, I'm kind of like, maybe three is the one I should play. Dude, but maybe I just don't the ever. Shit. Maybe these games aren't for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, two yeah. piqued my interest Se- based on John's feedback. I'm same here. Same here. Two. But I but I thought I was going to be into Bloodborne and I tried that one and I, I hated that. No. But I really want to try Sekiro because I do think that one looks even just watching it in action. I, I want to play it. Where, like, the other ones, I feel like I hear they're good and I want to play it. But this one, I, like, see and I want to play yeah. it. It was a little rough, like, transitioning. Like, oh, I don't have a jump anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going from Sekiro back to Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> when, it, when yeah, falling through a bottomless pit would just kill you. <laughs> just wreck you. Yeah. And, and how far along are you in Dark Souls 2, John? 
I'm about 40 hours in, which is roughly like pretty close to when DJ would beat <laughs> a Dark Souls yeah, game. Yeah. I'm, I'm about 15 hours in and I'm maybe yeah, halfway done. <laughs> and well, I can although I don't think I've done the DLC, like this is maybe the only DLC I haven't done of all the from yeah. software stuff. So there is like ah, new you- stuff I need to do. And like, I need nice. to, That's cool. I need, I do need to like look up how to access everything because like you can, um, you can get yourself like walled off. Like there's mm-hmm. okay. I, I don't know how much you're like looking online, John. Um, I'll just say if you find any, uh, souls of giants keep those okay i mean i'm i don't spend any souls that are like not special, like special boss ones yeah, yeah. i no. i mean because i started like on a deprived run i was like i just need to fucking spend these <laughs> i need all the souls <laughs> i can get to like try to catch up starting at level one Typical DJ hardcore mode. I guess, yeah, Seriously. that's that's another thing that we haven't really mentioned is the fact that I, because I kind of play these Souls games atypically, like I play 100% offline, so I don't have any PvP, PvE, like anything where... No like, interruptions, if you will. Or like any opportunities to get Souls outside of the like specific like Ah, enemies I see. I didn't realize you got souls from those interactions. Oh, yeah. But you can also lose souls from those interactions. Absolutely. Mm. (laughs) And just never get them back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm definitely definitely curious. I'm sure you're going to talk some more Dark Souls 2 as you maybe see it through to the end, John? I I have a much... I am infinitely more likely to beat Dark Souls 2 than I am Dark Souls 1. (laughs) That's awesome. Heck yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll be talking more Souls games, whether it's Dark Souls 2 or Soul, From Software or whatever in the future. But uh, but I think we can pretty much wrap up the games talk here this week, guys, if everybody's feeling good. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, we can uh, to make it easy. You can find us on the Internet at Linktree slash Pursuing Pixels. You can find all our stuff there. But we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube. Pretty much just look up slash Pursuing Pixels or search us on any of those platforms. But yeah, otherwise, uh, and Discord, please join us on Discord. We got Heck a little yeah. more action going on there. I know we say that, I say that almost every week as we close out, but that's a good thing. Every week we're getting a little more action. Oh, so. yeah. We got a nice little community there. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, feel free to come in and uh, hang out and let us know some games that we should check out. But uh, in the meantime, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week and take care, everybody, and we'll uh, catch you then. Bye bye. Boy, boy. Bye. <laughs> Almost did a fucking Paul Rudd there. We'll catch you next week and we'll uh, yep. catch you then. <laughs> Hopefully I can edit some of that out, but I think we I think we made it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going yeah. to stop my recording and save it because I don't fucking trust it. Probably smart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just to be safe. Let's go. I guess we should all probably do that, huh?